0: Hello there and welcome to our brand new ArsBlog ArsCast right here on Arsblog.com. Hope you're well. Thank you for being here as always. It's much appreciated. This is episode 377. 377 of the podcast. Uh, I don't know why I'm telling you that. The only thing we can really glean from that is that there have been 376 episodes before this one. So if this is your first time... Uh, Listening to the Arsecast. Welcome along. Great to have you here. And there are 376 completely out-of-date episodes for you to listen back to if you like. Because that's the thing about a football podcast. You know, it it doesn't last. There's no shelf life, really. You know, we play tomorrow, so now this podcast, I'm recording now... Saturday evening is it's out of date completely. Even though probably we'll discuss things that will last until maybe the next Premier League game against Southampton. But you know that's it. It's a very short shelf life. So so that's it. That's the thing about these these podcasts. This number three hundred and seventy seven. Again, I don't know why I'm telling you that. Maybe there's something in the numbers. You know me and looking for uh, patterns in numbers. So do we have one? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. I see one. Three plus seven is ten. Plus seven is seventeen. Is Alexis Sanchez? Alexis Sanchez is most likely to start this weekend, isn't he? Because you know he's coming back from injury and we need to get him slightly up to speed. An hour against Burnley in the FA Cup could be really good, or even ninety minutes. So there's the uh, there's the pattern. Alexis Sanchez is going to score the goals. Yeah. Or we could do three seven seven three by seven is twenty one minus seven is fourteen, which is Theo Walcott. Yay. I mean it really depends, doesn't it? Are we gonna see Theo Walcott or Theo Walcott? That's the big question. That's what we all wanna know. Which one is which? I I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. But what I can say with complete assurance is that Theo Walcott has not confused me for quite a number of games now. I like to be confused by Theo Walcott because, you know, there are times when he's playing terribly and you're going, oh, my God, what's what's he do? He doesn't even know how to play. Oh, look at that great goal he scored. But he hasn't done that for a while. The Man City goal is the last time he scored. And that was when was that? December. That was last year, man. He hasn't done anything at all this year. And his performances have been like, uh, and they've been so meh. You're thinking any moment now he's going to do something amazing that'll make you go, well, why, how can you do that and do the meh? You know, I'll be honest with you. I'll be upfront. Theo Walcott is never going to be in my top whatever number of players. I'll let you pick the number if you like. Could be, you know, a number with a zero at the end. Uh, maybe another Zero. Uh, maybe another zero, but, you know, I don't want to prejudice the whole thing. But he is capable of these moments, isn't he? He's capable of of just scoring really good goals, and he hasn't done that. Maybe playing from the left is not his thing. Maybe he should only play as a striker from now on, but uh, I don't know. Come on, Theo, confuse us again. Theo Walcott or Theo Walcott, whichever one of you it is, please do something um, once more. But I'm not trying to blame him for all our problems or anything like that. It just occurred to me um, after I did that number thing that, you know, it's been a while since he did stuff. Uh, so it would be good to see him do stuff again. We're going into an FA Cup weekend off the back of a disappointing, disappointing game against Chelsea. In the Premier League, a sending off Diego Costa, Mertesacker sent off, a silly goal to concede, did OK. We discussed all this in the Arscast Extra, but it has made for what has been, well, not the greatest month. In fairness, two points from our last nine in the Premier League. It's all getting a bit tight at the top of the table. Leicester are lestering the shite out of it. How are they doing it? I don't really understand. I don't understand. it. But, you know, this is something we've got to cope with. We've got to cope with Manchester City. We've got to cope with Tottenham. Uh, But there's, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of football still to play. And I thought for this particular arse cast, rather than me waffling on, I thought we might do one of those round table jobs which will give us a a sort of a state of the Arsenal nation, so to speak. So we're going to chat to uh, three guests tonight. uh, Take stock of where we are, what lies ahead, what's going to be, what could be, what might not be, uh, transfer deadlines, all those kind of things. So we might as well get on with it. Uh, Starting with our first guest this evening, uh, the Gunnar Hollick. Good evening to you. Good evening.
1: Nice to be back on again. Thanks for inviting me.
0: The man from East Lower, hello.
1: Hello. And Andrew Allen,
0: good evening to you. Hey there. Hey. Um right we should start I I will start with you Jim and going into the last three games Stoke away Liverpool away and Chelsea at home there was sort of a feeling that if we could come through these games with you know a reasonable points return this would add to the confidence that I think you know we were beginning to you know really feel about our Premier League title hopes this season it would be safe to say it hasn't gone as well as we would like. Um, how affected have you been by what you've seen over the last three games? Was it um, symptomatic of of Arsenal title challenges of of recent years, or perhaps just the fact that a relatively short squad has been pushed to its absolute limits?
2: I think I think that uh, the the last game, the Chelsea game, was the one. Which I think was the most disappointing, because really, I mean, I know we let a last-minute goal in at Liverpool, but that's still an okay result. Always a draw at Anfield's always a, you know, a decent result, and and Stoke away. Not many people have come out of the cauldron at Stoke, um, and so you know, I think had we had we done better, or won against Chelsea, then you would have said we've come out of that very very well that run, but. Uh, but it all kind of went pear-shaped, and um, yeah, there's no, there's no denying that two points from nine is bad, and that our form is um, well, actually hasn't been great for a while, and and uh, that's that's a big worry, I would say, you know, without trying to be too pessimistic, but I, I struggle for optimism when, <laughs> off the back of uh, two points from nine, as anyone would. Hollick, does
0: does does the fact that we lost to Chelsea make it worse?
1: I think it probably does because we'd sort of got ourselves into a good run against the sides that we would expect to be our rivals. So I'd have to word that carefully. But Chelsea is a game that you'd like to think now that we've got Manchester United and Manchester City beaten in recent visits. You'd have thought home to Chelsea we would do the same. And yes, that's awfully disappointing that we didn't. And it throws that little doubt in, are we as good as we thought we are, as you said earlier? the introduction. Mm. Uh, We shall see.
0: Andrew, it would be lovely to play against Chelsea with 11 men.
1: It
3: would be lovely to play against Chelsea with 11 men, yeah. It would also be lovely for us to maybe not treat them with the level of respect that we decided we were going to when we started the game, because even when we did have 11 men, we were shocking. I mean, I, I haven't seen a single other team this season decide that Chelsea are playing like champions and basically give them the opportunity to kick the ball around like we did. I mean, we treated them like we did City or, um, you know, that kind of basically kind of feel like we need to consolidate our position, stand back, let them have the ball. I really felt like we should have gone for them like we did against United earlier in the season. Obviously, you know, our personnel situation played into that. But I just, I didn't feel like Chelsea deserved the respect that we paid them in the opening stages and an obviously, you know, schoolboy mistake by Murtasaka to, to 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 fall into Costa's trap. But mm. uh, that was it was incredibly frustrating, incredibly frustrating day. Probably the most frustrating result of the season, I think.
0: Yeah, well, sticking with you on that, does that sort of dent your confidence that this team can can go all the way or c- continue to challenge, or is it a case that look? if we had managed to avoid that schoolboy error, for example. And, uh, you know, Obviously, a lot of the blame will go on Mertesacker, and rightly enough, um, even though I maintain he didn't make any contact with him at all. But uh, the, the fact that we allowed that move to happen or that move to, to break down the way it did, I'm thinking, like, here's my uh, week on, practically. I'm thinking, why doesn't Flamini just take out William? Mm. Just, I mean, even if you're not going to make a tackle, take him out. Isn't that what Chelsea would do?
3: It, it, I mean, it definitely is. Um, I, th- I sometimes you look at our team and we're a little bit too honest. We're kind of there's a lot of nice guys in the team. I, you know, my real frustration is that that was a game that needed to be won, given the results that had gone before it. Which, in isolation, at any other point in the season, would be fine. But when you have a kind of three game clump of fixtures like those three were, to not necessarily be in a situation you know, we had to win it really to kind of maintain a level of confidence. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, the way this season has panned out for everybody, I think we could afford to possibly, you know, lose another couple of games and we'd still be within touching distance of this title race. So I don't feel devastated by it. I feel really frustrated that, you know, over the course of the last six, seven weeks, we've had a real opportunity to kind of put down a marker and stretch a lead. And instead, we've fallen three points behind Leicester, which is, you know, a bit odd. Um So we just need to kind of keep plodding along and actually just try and build some momentum because we've lost it. I'm looking at the form table now. And we're down to 10th. Um Spurs are number one. And our next opponent, Southampton, are number two. So, mm. you know, that kind of, uh, it lays down a marker for where we've got to get to again.
0: Yeah, yeah, the form hasn't been good, but Jim, have we seen enough from this group of players to suggest that, you know, they're better able to compartmentalize these little bad runs of form and then uh deal with them and go on decent runs, particularly in the second half of seasons we've seen that we've seen that quite a bit from these players, from most of these players anyway.
2: From the this particular bunch, yeah. I mean in in sort of in failed seasons I say failed loosely i mean as in in in, seas- in seasons where our title challenge has fallen away in the past, sometimes it's happened you know the other way around where we've been great and then poor in the second half so um i don't know whether there's much to draw from that i, I think I think what what we are not doing too much of now is losing consecutive two three games in a row, which we did for a little while um so yes i don't i, you know, I think we can i think we can um we can go on a run. Of course, we're capable of it. We're capable of playing a lot better than this. But, but uh, I don't know where since the Man City game, a lot of the sort of the great form has just gone out the window. Maybe it was the Southampton thrashing, which was a really, really poor result. I keep going back to that one, but it was. Mm-hmm. And um, and you know, and, and they, it's a classic old thing that you've got to find form and you've got to find it now. But how many times we said that before? It's uh, it, it's pretty frustrating. But when we are still in the mix, which is which is the good thing.
0: Yes, we are. I mean, look, it is only three points. And, um okay, well, just before I get on to other stuff, you know, people will say, well, we're, we're three points behind Leicester. Hollick, how seriously do we have to take Leicester as title contenders?
1: Um... I think you have to absolutely now because they're not falling away as you might perhaps have expected and given also Manchester City, like us, are being very inconsistent, we're both leaving the door open for them and uh, I, I think a lot of uh, what will determine their progress is how they're able to keep Mares, Vardy and these players fit who are scoring goals for them, but if they do that then you have to say you can see them going all the way.
0: Mm. And they don't have any other distractions, of course, they've no European football, uh, and they've no FA Cup football, so you know the 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 workload is a little bit lighter.
1: Absolutely, and uh, every every point they get is a bonus to them as well. You look at where they were this time last season, they were wondering if they were going to still be in the Premier League this year. So the progress they've made is quite remarkable, and you, you have to kind of hand it to Ranieri, the job that he's done with them this year. It's, they've made some very smart signings, by and large kept players fit. That's that's a huge thing for them. Mm. Good luck to them. I think I think actually the Premier League needed something like that,
0: do you think so? Yeah, just because the money has been so prevalent, or the money has dictated pretty much what the what the level of competition is going to be.
1: Yeah, and you want one of the clubs who are bubbling just under. I certainly didn't expect it to be Leicester, but you wanted one of those clubs to make the breakthrough because it is kind of three of the same four teams finishing in the top four every year, isn't it? So. Mm good for Leicester.
0: Mm. Andrew, where do you stand on this? I mean, is 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 the Leicester game coming up, you know, that we play against them in a couple of weeks' time, uh, That that's going to be a really crucial one?
3: Yeah, I mean, I look at what Leicester have got coming up and they play Liverpool uh, the night we play Southampton and then they're away at City and then they have us. You know, if Leicester are still top of the league after those three fixtures, then I will seriously consider them title contenders at the moment I'm still kind of I, I, I can't make them out I, I don't there's a bit of me which just assumes that they are going to fall away at some point point. and you know looking at their fixtures every time that Ranieri builds up to a big game he always seems to talk about the game against a smaller team afterwards being a bigger test and actually those are the ones where they you know maybe drop points I think there was a game against Bournemouth where they dropped a couple of points um it's um it's intriguing I mean i you know good on them I think it's easy for everybody else in the league, particularly people like us who've been around for, for so long, at the top, you know, in the top four, um, to look at Leicester and at least be able to say, well, at least it's not like, you know, Spurs or some other team who were just you know, Liverpool, for example, who a couple of years ago obviously went on a run like this. Um it's kind of it's nice to welcome a new club into the into the top uh, echelons of the league. But um I still I still feel like they're gonna drop away. I still feel like City are our biggest um, challenges. I think obviously you have to look at Spurs and their confidence and the run that they're on, and think, well, they're a, th- a serious threat now, mm. um, possibly even bigger than Leicester. Uh But we'll, we'll see. I mean, I, I, we really need to beat them though on that Sunday game now on mm. the Valentine's Day. We really need to sort of say, look, piss off now. This is our
0: <laughs> this is this is our opportunity, Jim. It, it, it feels like this is a season where there have been margins for error, not just for Arsenal, but for all the teams. But as we get closer to May and as we get closer to uh, the end of the season, those margins for error uh, diminish greatly. Um, So we are, I mean, coming back to to the form issue, we are going to have to to pick ourselves up. How different do you think it is psychologically for a team that is... uh, Fifteen points behind the leaders to go on a good run because they don't really have much to lose. Whereas if you're in that title fight, there's a there's a different kind of pressure on, isn't there?
2: There is, and um, and I suppose you could argue that um, that the Ch- the Chelsea game sort of proved that really, where you know the chance to go top and to beat you know get the uh, the hoodoo of Chelsea off our back we um, didn't take it. And and, then, and I totally agree with what Andrew said, actually. I thought that even before Mertasek got sent off in that game, by the way, that we were strangely um, standoffish and, and as if we sort of slightly scared. And I thought, oh, that, was, that was, you know, that's that what I've pained me to see. But um, it is difficult to, I mean, I'd rather be uh, in the position we are now than 15 points behind. And, you know, I, you know, if you look at title seasons gone by when we did claw back 12 points or so, like 98 I think 2002 as well and you know but the side was um I don't know a little bit more formidable than this one I I think it would be fair to say so um it's it's better to be where we are now but the pressure it is it is it is going to be hard and I think we've, it's been shown already but we are capable of going on a run it just needs to happen sooner rather than later and with with the players back maybe maybe that will be the thing that that uh, that kicks kicks starts the form
0: yeah yeah okay well we do we do our players coming back, and I'll touch on that in a moment. I was gonna uh, ask you something completely different there, but in typical fashion it's gone completely and utterly out of my head um Does anyone know what it was no um <laughs> no. no okay, well, not to worry well, let's talk about some of the players coming back uh This happens to me more and more often. I think it could be um symptom of i don't know age, perhaps who knows I should write things down. this is the lesson
2: i, I oh, do you I know think, have you got a pair of have you got any of those? You know, you got the chain around your glasses. Cause that
0: will help. <laughs> I don't need glasses. I'm all right for glasses. But oh, you know right, what okay. I've done? I've uh, I've been doodling here with a gold pen over all the notes that I made, which is frankly ludicrous. Now I, don't I can really see
2: you as a gold pen kind of. A I man. just
0: found it. You know, they make that nice. They make that nice noise. Oh, they do. Have you
3: they sm- do. <laughs> You're like Boris in GoldenEye. Doesn't it explode when he does that?
0: Oh, well, I hope not. Um, so, yeah, there. there's all my notes. Um, so, uh, Holick, gold splodge, gold man. <laughs> let's <laughs> this talk
1: sounds about sounds like a conversation I have with myself every morning. <laughs> let's, just,
0: <laughs> let's talk about some of the returning players. Um the first one I suppose that springs to mind for me uh, and the manager said that he's going to be involved again uh, stay with you Hollick. is Francis mm-hmm. Um he I think his presence has been badly missed but not as badly as we thought but maybe in the last few games he's a guy that we really could have done with in, in certain games particularly I'm thinking away at Anfield and uh, that game against Chelsea where I don't believe that that move that led to the Sacker sending off would have happened if Coughlin had been on the pitch.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree with that point and I think the other thing about Francis Coughlin returning is it will possibly bring the best out of Aaron Ramsey because he hasn't looked as comfortable alongside Matthew Flamini as he did do earlier in the season when Coughlin was in as he did do last season when he kind of made the role his own um, but it's not just Coughlin as well. I think we'd also be looking a much better side if we've got Santi Cazorla back sooner rather than later. But, yeah, Cochrane, absolutely huge.
0: Mm. Uh, you mentioned Aaron Ramsey. I'm going to stick with you on this one. Uh, he is a player that seems to be generating a lot of conversation at the moment. Um, I'll put it like that. Mm. I thought he was one of our best players against uh, Chelsea. A lot of people thought very differently that he was w- one of the worst Um we know football is a game of opinions, uh, and that's fine. Everybody's uh, ratings and what have you of, uh, of a player are generally subjective, of course. So it would be fair to say that maybe we're not seeing the best of Aaron Ramsey. Is that as much down to the kind of partner that he has? Or is it, You know, how much responsibility do, does he have to take um, to sort of adapt his game to play alongside somebody like Flamini?
1: Well, yeah, he'd like to think that he's experienced enough now to have learned exactly how to do that Um, and I don't know that it's the fact that it's Flamini as much as it's not Coquelin because there's a player alongside him we were just talking about who I think he's got more confidence in and he feels he's got a little bit more freedom to go and do some work in the other half of the pitch because let's face it that's where he is going to hurt teams the most his defensive qualities are he's been getting better but his best work is definitely done in the in the opponent's half, so it's it's. I, I feel a bit loath to criticise Flamini as an individual for his effect on Ramsey, if that makes sense. But I do think yeah, Aaron has not looked the same without Coquelin alongside him, and whether that is down to. Something in him psychologically, I don't know, but it's uh, it would be great to see Cocklin back in there.
0: Andrew, I don't think it's a partnership that really works. Flamini and and uh, and Ramsey for various reasons. I think if you do have a player like Ramsey, you need somebody hugely disciplined as your holding midfielder. And I don't think I don't think Flamini's that guy. You know, he's the false nine, playmaker ten. You know, he, he wants to get in the box and score goals. Um, uh, but uh, Coquelin and Ramsey we haven't seen an awful lot of it didn't work on the opening day of the season but that was really only 45 minutes um, and we haven't seen it given a huge amount uh, of time together uh, Sandy Cazorla still out do you suspect that's the way the manager's going to go with, with uh, Ramsey and Coqueline?
3: Um it's interesting really because I guess we have the kind of unknown quantity in El Elneny now sitting on the bench kind of waiting for an opportunity as well Um I think, first of all, can I just quickly say, I don't think Flamini has done that bad. I think if you'd you'd said to someone kind of in late November that Flamini was pretty much going to be a mainstay in the side all the way through to the end of January, you'd have really been tearing your hair out. And I think he's actually done a pretty stand-up job. I mean, okay, maybe could have done better with a couple of the chances he had the other day, but the fact that he was the guy who was in the box on three occasions against Chelsea when nobody else really was is kind of... I guess, testament to at least his willingness, if not his quality in and around the penalty area. Mm. Um, as for Coquelin and Ramsey, I think it's definitely the most logical next step, given the fact that Wilshire isn't around, obviously Kazola isn't about. Um It'll be interesting to see how it works out. I think what what, what Cazorla does so well is... Is, is just keep the ball moving constantly. Pick the ball up, pass it, pick the ball up, pass it. Ramsey always kind of feels like he needs to maybe put a bit more of a, a kind of mark, you know, an imprint on the game. He likes to kind of affect games with a slightly flashier turn or, a, or a, a, a spread sprayed ball across the pitch. You know, he's a guy who is kind of builds his confidence in a game by making kind of great passes or, you know, scoring a goal, for example, he always seems to sort of up his game that way. Um, whether or not he's got the discipline to really, you know, kind of work as part of a two like that is is still up for debate. But I think the good thing about having Cockland behind him is that he can probably afford to make a couple more bursts forward and not worry so much about the fact that, you know, whether or not Flamini's around or not, you know, Cockland will be behind him, which is, is a good start. Yeah. Um, but we, yeah, I mean, I I think it's fantastic that Coquelin's coming back. I really, really hope that he kind of comes back at the level that he left at because for him, you know, he, he really had picked up a, a level of momentum. You know, he played for six months straight pretty much. Obviously, there was a the summer break, but, you know, this is, a, this is now a new test for him in his career to come back into a side and to pick up where he left off.
0: Hmm. Jim, have you any worries about, uh, before I just ask you quickly about Ramsey, have you any worries about Coquelin um, coming back after an absence and, and taking some time to find form?
2: I think... Probably, yeah, because it's very hard to pick up exactly where you left off. But um, but uh, that that said, he um, uh, well, I suppose two months is a long time. Yeah, I think I am a bit worried about it because it will it, be quite hard to pick up exactly up where you left off. But I don't think it'll take him long. You know, I'm I really not too worried about that. I think more more of a worry is probably the you know, stuff we've been talking about, which is which is the right you know, what, who are the right to in the in the middle and and uh, and how can they how can they get the gel quick enough to make it. To make it uh, make the difference that we need, because mm. uh, you know that, that is probably the bi- the biggest crux. And and, you know, and we've we, we've all ended up just talking about Kazola again, which just goes to show how much we miss him, but he's not here. So I, I think it'll be um, I think Cockland won't take too long to get up to speed, and I think it'll be him and Ramsey. Mm. Where do you stand on the Ramsey thing? I haven't seen him. I, I haven't noticed anything. I, I I think he's been playing quite well, to be honest. I don't I don't really not have an issue with. It. I mean, you know, the odd disp- misplaced pass, but then. None of them have been particularly excelling in the last uh, few games, but I think he's been playing quite well. Um, Yeah, I I I don't know where it's all coming from in 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 some respect.
0: Yeah, I, I have to say what I like is that even if stuff doesn't come off for him, he's always trying to make something happen. He never, he never really hides on the pitch. He always wants the ball. You know, he doesn't get, he doesn't get into a shell in any way. No. Um, and I think that just naturally he's a guy who will always try and make something happen for you. And when it comes off for him and, it, it, you know, some of the flicks and tricks come off, they're brilliant. Uh, and they're amazing. And, you know, we, we, we've, seen, uh, we've seen him score some fantastic goals. But I think as well, people have to understand that this is a, a team uh, that isn't playing particularly well. That it's much easier for a guy, perhaps, to to shine when a team is is clicking and performing. And certainly, since uh, Caulan and Kazorla have have been out, we haven't really functioned as a as a cohesive unit from front to back.
2: Now, maybe maybe with Ramsey he had such a standout season that the season when we you know, when he scored the winner against Hull in the Cup Final, he had scored sixteen goals that season, and uh, and and those kind of stats have gone down since then. And maybe we just. Maybe that's the, that's the problem, is he had such a good season and it's been hard to keep up standards quite that high. But that said, I still think he's, he's been playing pretty well. He's all over the place, mm. and I mean, I mean that in a positive way. Um, so, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't have any problem with, with how he's playing particularly.
0: All right. Um... Hollick, we do have other players coming back. Alexis Sanchez is coming back, um, and he is obviously going to be crucial in in sparking some life back into this team as an attacking force, which had become maybe a little bit predictable. Uh, And Theo Walcott has been asked to do a job on the left-hand side, which, uh, being completely fair to him, really doesn't suit him. In any way, I think we, we we can see why the manager wants to play him as a striker now how How important is the return of Alexis and not only what he might bring on the pitch but just just that sort of desire to 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 influence games and have an impact.
1: Oh, exactly. That he's such an infectious player, and I'm sure that rubs off on those around him. Uh, I don't think I can recall seeing a player, probably since George Armstrong's days, who was so enthusiastic and so into putting 100 and. into a game Uh, and that's got to make players around him better and we actually need someone other than Olivier Giroud to get constantly on the scoreboard as well if we're going to do anything for the rest of the season so he's critical in that respect. The other thing about it is you're talking about, it'll probably mean a release for Theo from the left wing but the other one that's going to be very interesting and particularly when Cazorla comes back is who's going to be playing on the right hand side because you've got Joel Campbell has not let anybody down I don't think and he's been doing I've, I've de- kind of described him of late as the Sylvan Wiltord of this side <laughs> He, you can put him in and rely on him to do a job he may not be a world beater but he's a good player but what, do you stick with him do you put Theo across there there's the Ox who's struggling for form a little bit but probably needs games uh, and then you might have to have Ramsey looking for somewhere once that uh, Santi comes back so I, I, I think it's uh, going to be a fascinating few weeks but yes to go back to the original point absolutely delighted to see Alexis back
0: the Sylvan Wiltward of this team Andrew a fair comment on on Joel Campbell
3: uh well actually a, a few weeks ago I kind of described him as the Christopher Ray of the team you know I wasn't I was still coming to terms with the fact that he hadn't necessarily done enough for me to think that this might be a kind of one season wonder situation but he's completely won me over since then I think I was talking in that situation probably prior to the Dinamo uh Zagreb game not mm. Dinamo Zagreb game the Olympiakos game away yeah. from home. And um you know I you know I saw him as a guy who had been given a kind of opportunity and he'd scored a couple of goals and he might prove very useful over the course of the, the season but that someone who Wenger probably would throw on as a substitute more regularly. Actually the guy has completely deserved his run of the team to start games to be a, a a bona fide kind of member of the first team squad. I've been incredibly, you know, impressed by him. I think there's something is quite apparent, is that he's I mean, he's obviously a very energetic presence on the pitch in the opening stage of the game, but he tires. He tires a lot, and Wenger almost certainly always tries to pull him off with twenty minutes to go. Um <laughs> I mean that's <laughs> pull him off for
0: 20 minutes ago.
1: sorry
3: um, that's all right you know I've, know I've known you a long time i should have known that was going to be here a...
0: i try i tried not to
1: <laughs> we only got half an orange in my day
3: <laughs> um no i think he's 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 really impressed me i think i think what he could pro- probably do with is uh maybe a little bit of a rest kind of give him a couple of weeks off and then hope that alex oxlade chamberlain can 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 kind of come in and, and do a job. And and again, kind of ask Joel Campbell to really kind of do a job in the final third of the season. But it's kind of, um, it's good that we have so many options. It's very unusual at this time of the season for us to, I mean, I can't even begin to pick the team that we might play against Burnley on Saturday.
0: Mm. There are there are options. And obviously Danny Welbeck, Jim, is coming back. And Thomas Rosicki is coming back. Mm-hmm. Positive on the one hand, to add fresh legs at this point of the season. Guys who haven't been run into the ground in any way, and that's good both from an Arsenal point of view, and I think it's also good when you get players who are that fresh and you're pitting them against defenders who have been playing all season, who might be just like a little bit jaded, a little bit fatigued. To have those guys, particularly Welbeck, who's very pacey, uh, that I think that's going to be a real bonus. But these are two fellas who haven't played... Uh, all season long. I think Welbeck's last game was April. Rosicki's last game was in June. It was an international for the Czech Republic. So on the one hand, we've got these fresh legs coming into the team. On the other hand, we have to be perhaps a little bit patient for them to find some form and rhythm and match fitness and all those things. Uh, but when you're at this point of the season, it, it's difficult... It's difficult to give them the game time to to get them there because all the games are so important.
2: Yeah, I think with I think with Rizitsky, I mean he's he's a sort of eldest, despite being sort of the Peter Pan of football because he's only played about eight eight seasons in total. But um, but I think with him, he's become age thirty you know, four or so. Where he's he's very much a kind of super sub type player now, isn't he? So I'm not I'm not so sure with him whether whether the um, giving him a chance to build up. Match fitness is going to you know, be quite so key because he'll be coming on in sort of in the seventieth minute to try and make a bit of a difference. But um, with Welbeck, I agree. He, you know, to, to get because he'll be he'll be hankering after a, a first, you know, a, a first eleven spot, and it's going to be much harder for him. Whereas I don't think Rosicki... Let's be honest. He probably doesn't expect to start any games between now and the end of the season. But he might make a difference for ten minutes, and and maybe you don't need to be on the best form to do that. Mm. But he he's a really energetic presence, yeah. You know, he he's he, isn't he? When he comes on, he's he's, he's very direct, and he, and he's still re- remarkably pacey as well. So, um, looking forward to having him back on the bench.
0: Yeah, I I think he brings something. Him and Wilshire are two players I think we've missed this season because of what they bring to the team in terms of uh, the way they can drive through midfield uh, that I don't think any of the the other players can really do. We see Alexis do it sometimes. There was a moment a few games ago. It could have led to a goal. I can't really remember. It was Monreal picked the ball up and then burst inside. It was like holy shit! I haven't seen an Arsenal player do that for ages. Um, well, that's,
2: what, that's one of the mystifying things about Chamberlain as well. Because a couple of years ago, one, one of the things that made you stand on the edge of your stand on the edge of your seat, no, sit on the edge of your seat, was it was the fact he was so direct and he ran at people. He no standing, to, no standing. But he, he seems to have um, he seems to kind of stop doing that. And I don't know whether he's just a little bit less. Um, well, it's obviously confidence, but uh, I used I used to love watching him try and take people on. He just doesn't do that so much anymore.
0: Mm. Or when he does do it, he tends to run into trouble. Hollick, are you a bit worried about Alex Oxley Chamberlain and what we've seen of him this season, or is he a is he a young guy with lots of talent who's just sort of hit a plateau and is finding it a bit difficult to get out of a rut?
1: Hopefully the latter. Uh, I've still got a lot of time for him. As you say, though, it's not been a season for him so far, and his his distribution has been a little bit poor. He hasn't he hasn't really built up the confidence. He, I never had him down for a confidence player until this season, but it certainly looks as though he needs a, you know a run of decent form and a run of games. But can you afford to give him that at the moment? Uh, prob- given the, the form of Joel Campbell, possibly not. But uh, I thought he he did a good job. He played in uh, was it Sunderland the FA. Up. he went in midfield in the centre of midfield and mm. uh, hit one glorious ball to set up the winning goal as I recall but uh, that was kind of a, a rare highlight in what's been a disappointing season for him
0: mm. Andrew um The Ox for you, I mean, what's your thinking on on the way that he's played? It's not that he hasn't been given chances, but to be fair to him, he hasn't been given a run of games, which maybe Joel Campbell got uh, with the proviso, of course, that when Campbell got that run of games, he did start producing.
3: I mean, I I, I think he, he will come good. I think the interesting thing watching him is actually you know, it's, it's a body language thing with him. He kind of makes a mistake and his shoulders slump. And, you know, for a guy who off the pitch, whenever you see him interviewed, seems so kind of charismatic and confident and bubbly and all the rest of it. It's interesting that actually on a football pitch where you'd expect him to be someone who could express himself with a football at his feet, he kind of sometimes struggles. But, you know, I don't... It, his talent is, is, you know... You don't need to doubt his talent. He's a, He's an exceptional footballer. I think what maybe is the question there, is the kind of, you know, he needs to sit down with a sports psychologist and basically get over whatever it is in-game kind of confidence issues that he has. I mean, you sometimes see sort of tennis players who sort of mutter to themselves after points, and the energy that they kind of use up worrying about their last point, rather than their ability to put it to one side and get on with the game is what makes them great. You know, you don't see you know, someone like Novak Djokovic worrying about every point, and it used to be the downfall for Andy Murray when he was younger. I do not know why I'm talking about tennis. Anyway, <laughs> um, I think someone like the Ox is. I, I I I still stand by the fact that he can be a great player for Arsenal, but I, yeah, it's slightly concerning. But I think it's a young, it's a it's a it's a young thing. I think all he really needs is. Um, Yeah, a a real strong run of games in the team and hopefully to to actually kind of, you know, prove decisive in a couple of games, you know, really make the difference. I think he'll really pick up
0: from that. Mm. Uh, Jim, it was quite interesting, wasn't it, earlier this season where Arsene Wenger talked about that, talked about Oxlade-Chamberlain's perhaps too self-aware, that he worried too much about things that went wrong on the pitch, he doubted himself that he just needed... You know, he's clearly, as Andrew was saying, a very confident young man, but on the pitch, you know, just just lacks that ability to compartmentalise things in the way that other players can.
2: Well, yes, yeah, it's, it's true. In, in some respects, we often... Um Criticise footballers, you know, for their vast salaries and stuff, but we—you probably don't stop and think of how, how much pressure there actually is on a on a on a footballer to perform. You know, in front of sixty thousand in the stadium and, and millions watching. Can you imagine? It would be absolutely terrifying. <laughs> but, yeah, well, it would be for uh, us because we're shit. But you know these but guys. Even for, yeah, even if it's a bit like that. You know, anybody that stands up and speaks in public, it doesn't get any less scary every time you do it. And and I think you've, I think most footballers must must get stage fright and and nerves. And so with him, is obviously he's still very young, twenty two. I mean, how, how many Arsenal players have been the finished finished article at twenty two? How many players? Full stop. Very few. So you know, we we we're probably very quick to judge. And and uh, you know, if if at twenty five or twenty four he's still in and out of the team, then, yeah, you've probably got a problem, but you, know, you can't just ditch someone um, at this age. It just seems incredibly premature.
0: Mm. Holika, some people have suggested he needs to go out on loan. Um, given that confidence might be an issue for him, that doesn't seem like a, a, re- a decent solution to me. That, you know, he's seen players go out on loan and come back, and you know, Coquelin was the exception rather than the rule. You know, when a, player goes, when a player of his age goes out on loan, it usually only means one thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I don't hold with that at all. And there's another reason actually now, because if you think the sort of club that he would go on loan to, then at worst, it's going to be one of those middle of the table clubs who have strengthened anyway and we're merely making somebody else stronger if we let them have a player of the quality of Oxlade-Chamberlain. I think the solution to his problems is something we need to resolve internally and I have no doubt that we will do. I have no doubt that he's going to make one hell of a player, but perhaps this season's going to be a write-off for him.
0: Mm, Okay, right. We do have a new signing, though, Uh, Andrew, and I, I spoke to you briefly about this during the week. Interestingly... Whether it's interesting or not, I don't know. But, you know, uh, Mohamed Elneny is the first central midfield player, like specialist, first team central midfield player, that Arsene Wenger has paid a transfer fee for since Mikel Arteta on deadline day in 2011. Which yeah. is, when you think about it, quite amazing. Now, he had Ramsey at the club. Wilshire was at the club. Diaby was at the club. Um, Kim Kalstrom came on loan. Uh, and played whatever amount of football he played, the four games and, and what have you. Um, Santi Cazorla was signed, not as a, a as a traditional central midfield player, but somebody who was going to play further up the pitch. Mesut Ozil, again, is a a playmaker, somebody who plays further forward. Um, so some people have been wondering why in the last couple of games we haven't seen any of El Neni and whether that reflects on his ability or his quality as a player. Uh, whereas if you look at it, the fact that the manager has actually gone and spent money on a central midfield player should tell us something.
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't read too much into the fact that he hasn't played. I think um, that the Stoke game we were looking relatively solid-ish, um, and it's quite an ask to throw a player into the, the, the you know, the, the hotbed of, of Stoke um, and, and tell them to make your debut because you know quite frankly if you make a mistake in that environment in your first game you may never come back from it uh the i think the chelsea game it just it was just circumstance really wasn't it i mean i think he probably would have been on the pitch in the later stages if we hadn't have run out of substitutions i mean the fact that we had to take off Giroud um because of the matchucker sending off but i'm, I'm i am the, the, they have obviously seen something in this bloke i can't say that i've seen him aside from Twelve minutes worth of YouTube highlights, and in that respect, it looks as though he's definitely going to score about forty goals for us this season. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, you know, they must—I mean, they must have seen something. It's a, it's a, it's a, it seems like a very considered purchase, um, but at the same time, one that we seem to want to push through quite early because we haven't left it to the last minute. Um, it doesn't look as though there were—I mean his agent said that there was interest from other european clubs but it sounds as though we stamped our mark all over him pretty early doors um we're just gonna have to see how it pans out i mean i'm quite excited by him i like the idea that he's a guy who can play box to box and also has the qualities to sit just in front of the defense i mean that kind of um versatility is is fantastic i think more than anything else um the reason why we signed him was just staring down the barrel of losing Arteta Flamini and um uh, in the in the summer it was kind of this there's three established midfielders who were probably all going to leave and give this guy 6 months to settle in and we're really looking at him kicking on in in August mm.
0: And, of course, you know, we're still uh, waiting for Jack Wilshere to return. And, you know, I don't think you can look at Jack Wilshere's situation and, and not have some, some worries or, or doubts about uh, when he's going to be back or for how long he's going to be back when he does get back. Hollick, uh, he is going to play Elneny some part this weekend in the, in the FA Cup.
1: Seems the most likely option for him to be given uh, a debut in, I would have thought. Uh, the, the other thing I think that they'll be thinking about is that he's come from not one of Europe's major leagues and they're not expecting him to, uh, they're going to give him time to settle in and they won't want to be doing that while he uh, while we're in, involved in a, a league title chase of course so I think probably the FA Cup ideal, he might get the odd 20 minutes here or there provided Per Mertesacker doesn't get sent off anywhere again uh, but I think they'll use him sparingly until he's up to the speed of English football
0: that's interesting. So you're not looking at him as somebody who's going to be starting Premier League games?
1: Uh I I hope not, because that will mean that Cochran's been injured again.
0: Well, no, it might also mean that when he plays he's you he's know good. he's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, just throwing that out there.
1: Oh, you would have to look on the bright side, wouldn't you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> jim what 's your take on him? Are you looking forward to seeing him play i mean i think that's it 's always exciting isn 't it when you see a new signing for the first time there 's that new like unwrap a present and then sometimes it 's a box full of shit, but other times it's it 's a new bike <laughs>
2: uh, yeah, exactly it 's a brand new bike uh, yeah i i 'm definitely looking forward to seeing him play i 've heard good things about his um his ca- ca- you know, ca- capacity to keep running, and uh, I think that kind of energy will be really Really, really useful as the season sort of uh, goes on. I, I sort of agree that he was signed wet w- before Coquelin, uh, you know, was was back, and and maybe he would have played earlier and more. But Coquelin's come back what a month earlier than was anticipated, mm. and I think that probably means he w- will have a bit more of a bit part to play. But I'm definitely looking forward to seeing him. Mm. So we are playing
0: Burnley in the FA Cup this weekend. A chance for the manager, Jim, to, to change things around a little bit. He's got to change it at, ba- at the back anyway because Sacker uh, is suspended. Uh, but he, he does have the ability now with those players coming back to rotate a little more ahead of what's going to be a very difficult game against Southampton on Tuesday.
2: Yeah, because it's only a few days after. I think we'll see mm. some rotation in the defence. Gabriel... Will come in and actually, uh, talking of players who've been eased in gently, he's one who who is you know still finding his feet in that respect. Gabriel sort of fits and starts, but uh, Mm -hmm. I'm sure he'll play. And and you've got to be a bit cautious about the team you put out. And I think Wenger has become a a lot more um, cautious about putting too many, too many, or making too many changes in the FA Cup because you know Burnley are are on a pretty good run themselves. Um, So I, I think there'll be some changes, but perhaps less than you think.
0: Mm. Andrew, what's your take on this? I mean, I think he's going to rotate quite a lot, but it wouldn't surprise me if he started Alexis, for example.
3: Yeah, I, I kind of I look at this. It's the centre-forward position that I think is the one that's kind of, for me, is the hardest to call because, you know, Walcott ended up playing the full 90 minutes the other day. Giroux had questions over his ankle. Alexis is only just coming back. You know, does he does he throw Joel Campbell up on his own and give someone like Iwobi and Chamberlain the
0: opportunity either side? Um, what would you? I mean, what would you do given that we do have Southampton on 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 Tuesday? If you had to pick one of Walcott or Giroud to play this weekend and one of them to play on Tuesday, what way would you work it?
3: I'd play Walcott against Burnley, and I would play Giroud against Southampton but not necessarily not play Walcott against Southampton as well. I think what Walcott needs is a goal. And quite frankly, I think, you know, putting him up against a championship side, albeit one that's third in the table and doing pretty well, is a pretty good opportunity for him to go and play and score a goal. I think that's that's Theo's problem is he kind of, it always seems to sort of take him a little bit of a, bit of time to get off the mark. And then when he gets going, um, he gets into the groove. Um, I wouldn't take any unnecessary risks over Giroud's ankle if there is a problem there. Mm. I don't think it would be that serious if we actually started him against City anyway. Um, I think going—I mean, weirdly looking back at that game, there was a, a, a fair amount of sentimentalism on the part of Wenger for leaving Walcott on, having given him the captaincy. Do you think that's what it was? I think, honestly, I think actually it may have played into it a little bit. Um, he wouldn't but I mean ever, it was—he wouldn't say that publicly. I understand the—I re- understand they were very, very. Obvious reasons in game why you would take Giroud off if there was A problems over his ankle, which you know he claims there was, and b the idea that we would hit them on the break but I mean in that situation, I probably would have taken Campbell off and had Walcott and Giroux to establish players you know there, but it was it was a slightly odd decision
0: sure, I'd but think. it was a, it was a manufactured celebration, if you like. Ten years at the club, you know, I, and, yeah, and I, I, it was a website celebration more than anything, anything else. It wasn't like his 500th game for the club. It wasn't a landmark appearance. You know, I, I would be hugely surprised if there was any sentimentality that went into that decision. On,
3: on, the, on the day of the game, I didn't even know he was the captain. I, you know, I, I yeah. see, I hadn't even, I hadn't noticed anything about it. But retrospectively, I, there's a, there's there's a bit of me which thinks. You know, could could that at the back of Arsene's mind have fed into the situation? I don't know. I mean, I think it's more likely it was the ankle that was the the reason why he decided to go with that.
0: Mm. Mm. Hollick, your thoughts on that? Do you think that Arsene Wenger is the kind of man to give in to sentimentality to make a decision in a in a big game against Chelsea?
1: Uh, I think not. I'm also a little bit baffled. Uh, uh, most people around us were a little bit baffled on Saturday that Theo didn't get the hook when Giroud came off. Other than my immediate, mate, my immediate neighbor, a man you know well, Jackster, said I'd heard that Giroud got a dicky ankle. So I'm I'm going to have to accept that the ankle was the reason for him. To, but why did he start if he was going to get hauled off so early? Mm. Um, it kind of left us a little bit. Firing blanks up front, didn't it?
0: Yeah, it did a bit. It did a bit. But look, uh, the FA Cup, he is going to have to pick a, a decent team. Burnley are in good form. And this is a cup that we're trying to defend as well, Hollick.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I watched Burnley the other night. Goodness knows why. It must have been a very quiet night. But for the first 45 minutes, Derby gave them proper good run around and should have been 2-3 or three up. But after half-time, uh, Burnley were scoring goals for fun. And they've... They, they're they're going to cause us some problems. I wouldn't mess about with the defence too much on Saturday. Obviously, Gabriel's got to come in. But I would like to see Gabriel line up alongside Koscielny and not Callum Chambers, for example. Well, yeah, based think on we're that... you are not to disrespect them.
0: No, sure. But, I mean, he doesn't have anyone else for, for right back apart from Chambers, unless he plays Bellerin again, which I don't think he should. I think Bellerin um, needs a rest. He's played a lot of games. I know he's a young guy, but... Uh, if we're going to play maybe Chambers at right-back because Debushi Jim, looks like um, he, he's on his way out. Although he's looked like he's been on his way out all month. He's been, you know, talking to Villa. He's been talking to, I don't know who the fuck he's been talking to, but, you know, whoever he's been talking to doesn't like him enough to put their money where their mouth is because nothing nothing has happened
2: quite yet. Well, it looks like he's been on his way out all season, to be honest. Mm. But um, I, I still, it still slightly miffs me that a player, it, it, even if they want to get out, doesn't play. I mean, because I, 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 there've been a few occasions um, that I thought maybe he'd have played, but he, but he hasn't. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd I'd, I'd, know, it's, I'd, I'd be almost inclined if he's not going to go anywhere, put him in the side. I mean, he, he, he's the one that wants to play. Um, so. Uh, but something must be going on. Mm. I don't know. I, I guess I guess he's being choosy about where to go. But how how choosy can you be? Yeah. I don't really. I don't really know. So I think it'll probably be Chambers.
0: Yeah. He was due to play. He was picked for the um for the FA Cup game against Sunderland. He was in the team, and then at the last minute it was changed because apparently an offer came in, uh. and. You know they they didn't want to risk him, or they you know they you know wanted to to let him go in case he in case he got injured. But for a guy that really wants to play, so he can get his Euro twenty sixteen place, it doesn't seem in any kind of hurry to to go anywhere.
2: Uh, no, but even that's a bit odd, isn't it? Yeah. If, even if you're about to go somewhere alone, and um, you know, surely you'd want to play. And and then I don't know. It seems a bit odd to kind of wrap yourself in cotton
1: wool.
0: Mm. Yeah, maybe that's the club though more than him. Maybe the, the club want thought- to.
1: I thought the interesting thing today was the report that Sam Allardyce, who's been allegedly talking to him and trying to persuade him to go to Sunderland, said that he didn't get the impression that he actually wanted to leave Arsenal.
0: He obviously hasn't yeah. read anything he said in the last, you know, six months because pretty yeah. much everything he has said is like, "I got to get out of here."
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Very strange.
0: It is very strange. Well, look, we're we're uh, yeah, we're going to talk uh, very briefly now uh, about the transfer window. We made one signing. Uh, Mohamed El is is coming from FC Basel the window closes on Monday night uh, at 11 o'clock Andrew are you expecting any Arsenal business between now and then?
3: Absolutely not aside from maybe Debussy going That's it? That's it I, I, I genuinely don't have any expectations I, I've seen some spurious names linked with us like Nolito I don't even know where he plays or what position he plays Celta or... forward Yeah like, I mean it's not going to happen is it? No It's just nonsense Um no, I'm okay with that. I mean, look, you, he's already spoken about Welbeck being you know, like a new signing. And when you look <laughs> at the other guys who've come back, I mean, it's, it's pretty obvious that it would be difficult to justify buying someone unless they were the top, top quality. And I think we stopped looking for that a while ago. Mm. Uh,
2: Jim, your thoughts? Anybody else? nobody at all we've got multiple like a new signings yeah. coming back so no, there's going to be no, I, I cannot see anything happening and there's certainly nothing on the airwaves to suggest it it will
0: are those like a new signings enough to inject this team with what it needs to go the distance
2: well you know i think i think we, they will make a big difference i think there's absolutely no doubt about that you know we to have to go from where we were a week ago to having Coquelin, Rosicki, Welbeck, Sanchez, you know that will make a big difference. Whether it's enough, well, we're just entering the realm of uh, conjecture, aren't we? But I think I think those some great players coming back, and it will have a big a big difference, or will at least give us a lot more options.
0: Mm. Would you? I mean, if you would you like to see something else, uh, somebody else come in, or you know, I, do you accept sort of that the January market is not the is not the right time to get the exact player that you want?
2: Yeah, I, d- I don't know really, because I, I think there's there's nobody out there that seems that seems likely, uh, and that that would make an enormous difference. I mean, realistically, so um, no, I I'd, I I'd, I'd, I think we'll probably stick with what we've got and 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 just make make sure we try and keep them fit. That's the that's the main thing. So no, I'd, I'd like to see, of course, I'd like to see all the best players in the world come to Arsenal, but sure. um, realistically now, with two or three day- days to go, I'm not sure we'd get anyone in that would make a, a significant difference. Mm. Hollick. Any thoughts?
1: If I played the devil's advocate for a moment, you know full well that if we don't buy anybody and we don't win the league, then uh, Arsene's just given the ammunition to people who will say, we were in with an opportunity and we didn't make the most of that opportunity by strengthening in January. Uh, I have some sympathy with that view.
0: (laughs) Well, look, I, I don't see anything happening either unless something completely out of left field happens. Um, you know or we pick up some kind of injury uh against to to a, a key player uh against Burnley i can't see anything happening i think we might see maybe a few few little loan deals uh happen with some of the some of the, the fringy players debushi could go maybe a could go out as well on loan that might be a good thing for him but other than that, I don't see any real uh, transfer action. Anyway, gents, we're going to leave it there. Thank you, uh, as ever, for your time, Gunnar Hollick. Thanks very much indeed.
1: Thank you, blogs.
0: Uh, Jim, uh, the man from East Lothian. Thank you. Thank you. And to Andrew Allen, thanks very much. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much indeed to the guys. You can find them on Twitter, of course. Gunnar Holick, also at com and at the Gunnar Holick, the man from East Lower, eastlower.co.uk. And he is at East Lower. And Andrew Allen at A. Allen Sport, at A. Allen Sport. And, of course, you can find him on Arse blog News. So very quickly, looking ahead to the weekend, it is FA Cup, as we were saying, against Burnley. Team News is that Francis Coquelin and... Uh Thomas Rosicki are back they're in contention Arsene Wenger said uh bum, bum, bum." here's where it is uh, Francis is uh, available to play He's passed two weeks of full training Thomas also available for selection He says on Danny Welbeck He's not completely ready But he's not far He needs a game or two uh, Because he's been out since last April uh, So he needs maybe a couple more training sessions He needs to play an under-21 game uh, Jack Wilshire and Santi Cazorla Remain on the sidelines But apart from that It seems that everybody else Is in relative um, good health at this point Which is good news uh, We're going to see him rotate I think a little bit uh, in fairness come this weekend, particularly given that we have Southampton on Tuesday, and Southampton beat us 4-0 in our last game, so I think we might see Alexis start, I'd be surprised to see Ozil start uh, we could see Gibbs obviously come in Ospina, Chambers Oxley, chamberlain uh, into the starting 11 and I think we're going to see a debut from Mohamed Elneny, which is exciting I always like it when we get a new player and see him for the first time uh, quite who he's going to be partnered with in field remains to be seen, but maybe Coquelin and Elneny with uh, Ramsey on the bench, I think probably just to give him a bit of a rest ahead of ahead of the game and do what he did in the last round if we need to bring Ramsey on around the 70th minute uh, to help change the game. I think that's pretty much what he's going to do. So look, we'll keep uh, fingers crossed that we can get through this round of the FA Cup. Uh, this is our cup, of course, that we're defending, so it'll be good to see us win that game and, and just build a little bit of momentum ahead of a game against Southampton on Tuesday. These games are stacking up thick and fast now and as we said the margin for error is diminishing every time because the games are running out we've got to get back to winning ways we haven't won in the Premier League since is it the game against Newcastle uh, a few weeks back I think that's what it is so um, it's about time we got ourselves three points again in the Premier League but we can discuss that on Monday in the Arscast Extra with James when we look back on the game against Burnley so join us then please on Monday for the Arscast Extra thanks as ever for listening uh, very much appreciated I'll catch you on the next Arse cast next Friday. So until, well, till the next time we talk, cheers, bye-bye. And now, another dramatic reading of an Arsplug news comment that didn't get published. Why, Mr. Wenger by El Nini? Is it to bench him? Otherwise, better to bring back Haydn from Hull, when here, too, is guilty who made Arsenal toothless lion. I haven't seen such a crazy man who did not lean from his own mistake for last 11 years. He is a Mr. Donkey. I always ashamed of him. Why don't the board suck him? He is a racist. That's why he gave a chance Milan over Ben midfielder. Arsenal was ready for fourth. After the next three games, this is to mean business. As is usual.